Razorback basketball is in its offseason, but yet there are so many things still going on within the Razorback basketball program, whether it's transfers coming in, transfers going out, the decision of Jalen Williams. It's all ever-encompassing, and it's going to be great to talk with Curtis Wilkerson of Hogsports.com. More about Razorback basketball here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I'm also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. I have a very special guest here on the podcast today. He has joined us before, but his knowledge knows no bounds when it comes to Razorback basketball, and it is Curtis Wilkerson of hogsports.com and Curtis as always man appreciate you joining us this afternoon how you doing I'm good thanks for having me on I appreciate it man absolutely absolutely because we were kind of uh, talking uh, before the podcast started just how it's it's non-stop like Razorback basketball is non-stop under Eric Musselman it's non-stop like I know that you cover it for a living but it, it's got to be an element of fun but also an element of like exhaustion but then you throw in the mix that hey I don't ever have to worry about coming up with some sort of creative content because with Razorback basketball, I always have stuff going on to talk about. Yeah, I mean, that's 100% true. There's never a shortage of something to write about. It's it's crazy. I mean, the must bus, this thing has fuel like 24-7, 365. It's crazy. It's kind of like the weather, you know, like the last two weeks have been like a tornado warning. You know, it's like, okay. Go, go jump and hide in your bathtub, take your phone, take your laptop with you. Something's coming. You knew there was about to be a transfer portal edition. Uh, lo and behold, it happens. And now, you know, you look at the roster, you're like, okay, well, 13 guys, you know, we'll see what happens with Jalen Williams. They're probably done. You can't let your guard down with Eric Musselman. You'll be surprised. So now it's like that tornado watch. You know, you kind of got your eyes on the sky. You're always aware because you never know when something's going to sneak up on you. It's, it's wild. Yeah, because the Ricky Council edition, which is the latest one, which we did a podcast on and uh, had a lot of people that were interested in it. it that one was kind of a, an, an interesting one because we know about scholarship distribution and then we know the whole thing with Jackson Robinson entering into the portal. And then the next day uh, you have Ricky Council being there. Uh, just kind of starting, though, first with uh, the Jackson Robinson. Some people were maybe alluding to the fact that he possibly was asked to leave because of the timing of everything and also the fact that it was so far after the season had ended that maybe they didn't know exactly what the roster situation was looking like. What do you know about the decision that he made to transfer? And was that something that maybe was a, a mutual departing between both parties? Yeah, that, that might be a good way to put it. The way you wrapped up there is there could have been some mutual stuff that goes on there. I mean, you know, listen, Eric Musselman is going to do whatever he has to do uh, to put his team in the best position to win. And if that means, uh, you know, adding a player that's super talented, that can help him, uh, that, you know, sometimes that might come at the expense of someone else. And, uh, you know, with Jackson Robinson, I do think it's a situation where they would like to keep Jackson. I mean, he's a talented guy. He was a former top 50 player. They didn't get him the first time they recruited him and, and got him on the flip side, still young, uh, a lot of room for growth and potential there. Uh, but it could have also been a situation for Jackson where, you know, you get past that May 1st deadline, which didn't matter to him because he had already transferred once. Uh, but, you know, they could have very easily come to him and said, hey, we're getting ready to add another guy at your position. And who's to say he didn't see the writing on the wall there and said, well, 
maybe I should should go and, and explore my other options. And regardless of how that went down, he did enter the portal. And I do think it's a situation where, uh, you know, with these transfers, especially after that first time free waiver is gone, you, you've got to go through the NCAA process, the hardship to get the waiver. That can be complicated. We know that as, as Razorback fans. Uh, but it's it's a lot easier to get if the coaching staff from the school that you're leaving is cooperative and they can help facilitate that move. And, and I have a hunch uh, that Arkansas will be doing everything they can to help Jackson not only land on his feet, but be in a position where he can play right away wherever he winds up. And because of that and with Ricky Council coming in, I guess it's always been looked at by me at least for addition by subtraction or, or however, where if you have someone transfer out, you better get somebody that's just as good, if not better, to come in. And I guess that that's kind of what I'm looking at. And this is not a slide against Jackson Robinson, but you feel like with Ricky Council uh, coming in and, and the type of position he plays and being that sixth-man role, it seems like if that's the trade that Arkansas made, then Arkansas 100% won in that trade because you have a guy that, yeah, he went to Wichita State. Is he going to come in and start? Is he going to come in and average double digits? Probably not, but you got a guy that – has some legitimate college basketball experience and seems to be very comfortable in that sixth man role in Ricky Council. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Council checks a lot of boxes for Arkansas. You know, we've known for a while that uh, even after they made their, what, four splashes within about a week, right there after the end of the season, they got all the six, nine plus forwards to kind of solidify uh, the weakness that we saw against Duke. They were kind of getting pounded inside, even with the Jalen Williams. So took care of that. You looked at the wing and you thought they could use some help there, not because they're not super talented. You got Nick Smith, Anthony Black, Jordan Walsh coming in. I mean, these are McDonald's All-Americans. Those dudes are going to play, right? And, and you got a Devo Davis coming back. You just feel a little bit better about the situation if you could find a guy to come in with some experience and some production uh, that he could provide. It almost had to be the perfect fit, and I think he's that guy. For some of the reasons you mentioned, uh, it's not easy – to be a six man to come off of the bench and and to provide the type of pop and production that a guy like Ricky Council did. We saw what JD Note did his first year at Arkansas. That was so critical for that team and the run that they made. Uh, a guy who comes off the bench but can provide starter value and, and really be a closer for the team in a lot of games down the stretch. Uh, he can create his own shot and get offense. And there's going to be times where you know those freshmen, as good as they are, there's still going to be an adjustment period there. Uh, and they and Arkansas might lean on a guy like Ricky Council, who's been in those situations. He's played in an NCAA tournament. Uh, he's big, athletic, switchable, fits the mold of all those you know things that Eric Musselman covets on the wing. Uh, so I, I really do. I'm, I'm high on this addition. A lot of the people that I talk to, uh, who coached him in AAU, who have watched him growing up and and have watched him progress, think that he might have a future uh, as a professional himself. A little bit of a late bloomer. Uh, and a guy that's gotten better and better and better and is hungry to showcase himself at higher level. I, I think he's going to be a really good player for Arkansas. Well, and I saw that his, I don't know if it was just the ones he was interested in or, you know, the schools that were interested in him too or whatever, but I saw like, you know, Kansas was one of those teams that was into the mix. And, you know, I, I know that star systems and what you guys do at uh, 24 seven sports and everything is, is, uh, is really in-depth and, and has a lot of analysis and research and all of that. But I've always looked at it as like, okay, so who else is interested? Who else is offering? You know, what kind of schools are looking at him? And when I see schools like Kansas, I think uh, it may have been uh, Alabama that was also into the mix too. It kind of gives you an idea of like, okay, this isn't just a, a Wichita State player that, you know, maybe is coming in at – because some people were trying to say, oh, is this like uh, Jalen Tate? 
you know, like just kind of a guy you're like, oh, let's go get some random guy here and who ended up working out great. But I'm like, no, I see this as more of a, uh, like you said, maybe a late bloomer type of situation where, yeah, he's at Wichita State. Yeah, he was six man of the year in the AAC. But when I see other schools after him, other big time schools and Arkansas is able to get them, you got to consider that kind of a, a steal for the Razorbacks. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I think as I look at these other transfers that Arkansas brought in, uh, Council might be right there at the top with the guys that I'm impressed with and, and who I think could really help this team right away. I, I'm really high on Trevin Brazil from Missouri also. I, I think he's going to be really good. But listen, Council can play. And I think it's one of those situations where his stats are, are pretty good uh, for what he did at Wichita State. But you almost have to look beyond the box score and, and kind of look at those intangibles. I mean, he's got that SEC athleticism and that build. And, and he seems like a guy who's like, you know, like you said, he's been on that steady progression. He was underrated as a recruit, a three-star. I think he was ranked outside the top 400 with us at 24-7 Sports. Had a few offers. You know, all of a sudden he's on the AAC All-Freshman team, then AAC Six-Man of the Year. So you can see him taking a step forward every season. He's a guy that was highly coveted, like you mentioned. Uh, Kansas, a school that was involved there. Uh, you know, even after, you know, that, that commitment with Arkansas was essentially done uh, maybe a few days before it was formally announced there. Uh, but that didn't stop some of those other schools that were on his final list. Some of those SEC schools, the teams that Arkansas is competing with on a nightly basis down the stretch of the season uh, from continuing to try to make a push to try to sway his decision. So uh, this is a highly coveted guy. And, and I think it's one that uh, a lot of teams would have been fortunate to have. Arkansas got him and, and it's definitely a big deal. It's, it's anything but just some random addition. That's for sure. We'll continue our discussion with Curtis Wilkerson here in just a second. First, I got to tell you about Built Bar, you know, and really – Really, the fact that these uh, birthday cake buffs, I know that you've heard me mention them the past week, but uh, I'm still going through my box on them and, and they taste amazing. Like, I, I'm not kidding about that. This is something that I have in the morning. I have one, uh, one in the afternoon right after my workout as well. And they have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, but they taste amazing. It literally tastes like you're eating birthday cake. And that's one of the many great flavors that Built Bar has to offer. And if you go to their website right now to built.com and enter in promo code LOCKED15, You'll get 15% off your next order. It's as simple as that. Built.com, entering promo code LOCKS15. You'll get 15% off. Doesn't matter how many you buy. You can buy up the whole store. It does not matter. 15% off using promo code LOCKS15 at Built.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, continuing our discussion with Curtis Wilkerson of hogsports.com, talking a little Razorback basketball with him. Uh, Curtis, the next thing that everyone's kind of waiting, and I'm sure you are too, is about Jalen Williams and, and the decision that he has. And it's not like, you know, at least I don't think, where each and every day you're just kind of waiting for an update. I think you probably know that, hey, this is going to be after the combine. It's going to be after he goes through the workout. It's going to be after he hears back. And so you kind of probably have a ballpark estimate of when we'll probably – have a decision from Jalen Williams, but you also have the situation with the scholarship limitations and, and everything. And, and I'm sure on your message boards at hogsports.com, it's a constant discussion and a constant question and a constant debate. But as far as Jalen Williams go, is it still status quo? I mean, has anything changed? Has any updates happened? Has anything gone on maybe with the, the new additions or anything that makes you kind of feel like, all right, this is probably what he's going to do, or is it still completely and totally up in the air? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's a fantastic question. You're right. I mean, it, 
you got a pretty healthy approach there, man. I, I do wish that our folks on the Razor's Edge message boards uh, would kind of take it the same way because we talk about it in circles over and over and over. But the reason we do is because it's such a big deal, right? I mean, if Arkansas gets Jalen Williams back, all that preseason number one hype, I mean, that is legitimate. So uh, it, it's, it's an exciting thing to follow, probably stressful for a lot of folks. And, you know, with Jalen – uh, right now, listen, I, I don't I don't think that a final decision has been made. And, and, and some people feel that way. And I, I really don't. I think he's approaching this uh, with a lot of maturity, uh, you know, getting all the feedback that he possibly can, keeping those options open and, and trying to see kind of where he falls. And, you know, I, I'll be honest, the, the further along we've got into it, uh, the more I've heard from the different sides, it, it seemed like as of late, maybe he's leaning towards staying in the draft. Um, if he gets, you know, comfortable with his positioning and that's what you're trying to determine this week. And that's why this week is so big for him at the NBA, at the NBA draft combine, you know, uh, how does he measure up? You know, what's, what is that real wingspan, his true height, his vertical? Cause people talk about, you know, maybe his vertical athleticism from time to time. Uh, how does he play in some of those five on five games with these other guys that he's going to be drafted around? Uh, so, you know, what can he do? For his positioning, does he, you know, you look at some of those mocks after the lottery last night, a million of them came out. Uh, and a lot of the most reputable ones have him as a, a pretty solid mid second round pick. Well, uh, is that good enough for him? Is that, is that, is he comfortable with that? I don't know, but what can he do this week to help his stock? Can he, can he bump up to the earlier part of that second round or maybe get some kind of comfort or, or you know, uh, guarantee, if you will, uh, from a team that says, hey, if you're still around when we've got this pick at this number, we're going to take it. You have our word. And, and that kind of stuff happens. So there's a lot to be played out over the course of this next several days at the Combine uh, that could sway his decision one way or the other. And the other thing you have to look at uh, is, you know, what are the guys around him doing? Because you have that pecking order right now. Well, now you have everybody in the same gym competing against each other at the same time. And those slots are going to start to move around a little bit so he can move himself up or he can be moved down, not even based on what he's doing, but maybe how other guys are playing too. So there's still a lot to go there. But the good thing about it is, is one, that, that June 1st deadline is coming up pretty quick. And two, that combine is going to be done by the end of the week. And you'll start to have a really good idea about where these guys are actually going to fall come draft night. And we'll start to see some decisions made pretty quick. Do you know as far as like, uh, just from what maybe you've heard or anything like that, Jalen Williams and the his like strength and weaknesses as, as far as a, as a pro goes, because I, I know we'll know more about it once the combine hits and get a chance to to hear some actual scouting reports from people that are there. But um, it's just one of those things where obviously he's got some upside to being an NBA player. But what are the things that people are worried about? Is it is it his three point shooting? Is it his strength down low? What's kind of the the main concern that maybe uh, NBA scouts would have with Jalen Williams right now. It's interesting. You mentioned the three point shooting and, and I think he shot under 25% from three on the year, but that's actually one of the things that I think some scouts are encouraged with because there's potential there for him to improve on that. Uh, and listen, in, in the modern NBA, you've got to be a floor spacer. If, if you're going to be a big, like, you know, in, in Jalen Williams range there. So uh, I think I think scouts actually see that and think that they may be able to extrapolate more out of it. Uh, and I think there's more there in his jump shot, too. I think some of the things you look at is what exact position would he play in the pros? Is he is he big enough, physical enough uh, to defend a, a, an NBA center, the Joel Embiid's of the world? Uh, hey, maybe he is, maybe he's not. You know, he had some he was a great defensive player. He was all SEC, you know, defensive team. 
which is fantastic. He had some struggles in one-on-one situations with some of the better guys in the SEC as, as anyone did. So I, I think that's something you look at. Uh, the overall athleticism uh, vertically, we know how good he is at taking charges. Uh, you can only do so much of that in the NBA, right? So can you challenge guys at the rim and, and protect the rim at a high clip if you're going to be a center? And then if you're going to be a four-man and a power forward, uh, you know he can handle the ball pretty well. We talked about that shot, but defensively, uh, are you going to be able to sit down and move laterally and keep some of these guys in front of you on the defensive end? And so I think those are some of the things that you know maybe scouts aren't sure about that they're looking at, and, and they're definitely going to get a much better idea about it here over the next couple of days at the combine. Now, I do want to ask you and talk to you about uh, another player that is currently on the Arkansas roster and uh, came in with Jalen Williams. And I know you had a, a write-up about it and talking about Devo Davis. And I, I have said that, and this is nothing against Devo, that Devo disappointed me this past year. And, and I don't think that that's you know, going too far, but it was because of how good he looked as a freshman and the upside that he had as a freshman, just the motor, a guy that really was so integral in the NCAA tournament run. Arkansas went on Muss in Muss's uh, second year. I mean, the guy hit the game-winning shot against Oral Roberts. I mean, you know, it's just if you think about all the things that he was involved in and then kept hearing about how he's working on his three-point shot, he's working on, you know, all these other things, and it just seemed like he kind of took a step back maybe this past season. Well, next year, it's him. Like that, I mean, I know Kamani Johnson's still technically on the team, and I know that, but he he played a few minutes here and there. And if Jalen Williams leaves, that's it. Is Devo Davis? He's the only core guy returning, so it feels like the amount of expectation and pressure that's going to be on Devo to not only play better but also be that vocal leader that this team will probably need with such so many new faces heading into this program. I think that this next season is going to be as big of a year for Devo Davis as he's ever had at Arkansas. Yeah, it, it really is. It's crazy. You know, after that freshman year where he burst onto the scene towards the end, the way that he did, the way that he played in March, uh, you know, all of a sudden people were talking about Devo, like, hey, is he going to be the next draft pick coming out of Arkansas? He's going to make this big step forward. Uh, you know, he was preseason All-SEC guy. Uh, everybody was expecting a sizable leap from him. And, hey, maybe it was a little bit of a sophomore slump. I know – uh, that that trying to move him into that point guard position was an adjustment for him uh, and an experiment that uh, I don't know if I necessarily want to call it fail, but it probably didn't work out the way that they wanted it to. Right. Um, you know, he did make some strides with his three point shot, probably still not quite where he wants it to be, but it, you're right. It just wasn't quite the same from what we had grown to expect. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of pressure on him going into last season uh, because of the things that we just mentioned, and you're right. There's a lot of pressure going, you know, on his shoulders this season, but it's a different type. You know, it, it's one thing to be, you know, a, a veteran, a returner, a leader. It's another thing to be one of only two, you know, if Jalen Williams stays in the in the league, uh, one of only two returners and the only guy in the rotation with that kind of multi-year experience in the program. Uh, that's a lot to take on. Uh, so, you know, he's going to have to bring along the young guys. He's going to have to look at those transfers and say, Hey, you know, I've been here long enough to see what Justin Smith and Jalen Tate did and what worked for them, what worked for Stanley Amude and maybe what didn't work for others. Uh, and to get everybody to fall in line, listen, a lot of that's on the coaching staff, right? But a guy like Devo needs to be an extension of the coaching staff on the floor, uh, kind of set the foundation and lay the foundation of expectations that they have in the program. As soon as guys get on campus at the end of the month and start summer practice. So, 
that's a lot, and they need him to be good because if you go back and look at the last 10 national championships, it's one thing I did in that story. Every single one of them, like they had all the five-star freshmen and things like that too, but they all had one guy who was a multi-year returner that was in the rotation that made a big-time positive impact on the success of that team. There's really, for all intents and purposes, only one guy left who can do that, and that's Devo. So they need him to take a step forward. He won't have, I don't think, the type of pressure on him uh, to create, to be a primary facilitator like he did last year. you got guys who can do that now, and Nick Smith and Anthony Black, but they need production from him. Uh, they need him to get back to that you know, kind of herky-jerky, almost uh, playing with reckless abandon the way that he did. I think that's what made him special, the way that he attacked the rim, uh, some of the chances that he took as a playmaker, and then get back to being that elite defender. We saw it. Mac McClung still has nightmares about it. If he can get back to that on a consistent basis, I think you got a really good thing in Devo. Uh, it seems like in, in, yeah, his Instagram videos and everything, right? But He's working hard. He seems motivated. I think he kind of looks at this as a redemption opportunity for himself. Uh, and if he keeps the right chip on his shoulder, I mean, it, it, there's no reason why with his talent that he can't take that step forward this year that maybe everybody thought he would a year ago. Continue our discussion in the final segment with Curtis Wilkerson here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about rockauto.com with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. When it comes to your vehicles, it's hard to keep up and go to a chain store and they have all the parts that you need for your vehicle, especially reasonably priced. But luckily for you, rockauto.com will take care of you because you can save time and money when using their website. It's a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. It doesn't matter if it's a do-it-yourselfer. doesn't matter if you're one of those people that owns a business, a car business, where you have to put parts on your vehicles. It's going to be the same low price no matter what. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the car parts available for your car or truck, and write the Locked On podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so the final segment with Curtis Wilkerson of Hogsports.com and uh, doing a, it on a Wednesday. And you know what? Maybe I'll turn this into like something stupid because that's what we do in like radio and podcasts. Like do the what if Wednesday or some stupid thing like that. I don't know. It's, it's catchy. It's clever. We may go with it, but we'll see how it sticks. But this was something that I thought about last night when uh, I was just kind of going through and reading some stories and, and all of that. You know, you talk about the expectation. If, if Jalen Williams comes back and Arkansas is a preseason top two team, you know, like they'll, they'll be right there into the mix team that has a great chance of winning a national championship and say, if they did, let's just play the what if game. What if in 2023, the Razorback basketball team goes down to Houston and wins the national championship, go to elite eight, elite eight national championship. They hang the banner, all of that. First national championship since 94. Arguably the, the greatest team accomplishment besides maybe the 94. Maybe this one will be a bigger deal. Who, who knows? But either way, what if Arkansas wins a national championship in basketball? What happens? Like, like what does that mean for Eric Musselman? What does that mean for Razorback basketball in the future? What does that mean for just the state of Arkansas? Because something like that would have an insanely crazy impact across the board so i'm asking you curtis what if that happens 
What does happen to Muss in the Razorback basketball program? Oh, I mean, it, it'd be incredible. It's it's almost hard to fathom, you know, the fallout and the aftermath of that. It first of all, go ahead and build Muss the statue, give him the lifetime contract. Seriously, like I mean, what whatever it takes to keep the man around. Uh, I mean, he's he's trending in that direction every, anyway with everything he did, but. Uh, you know, if he was able to get to the Mecca like that, I think you just at that point, you got to do whatever it takes to make sure he never goes anywhere else as long as he's a coach. Uh, you know, for the program, it, it's crazy. Like you'd immediately would turn to, well, I mean, recruiting is going to get nuts. I mean, it already is. They, they've got the number two class in the country, transfers and high school. So, I mean, that can only go up, you know, so much further. But just the the overall recognition and what it would do for the brand would be incredible for the state. I mean, we know how starved this fan base is for, for that type of success. It's been a long time. Uh, I don't think they care which sport it happens in, but you know, if it, if it comes to fruition with basketball, uh, I mean, it would just be incredible that the, the atmosphere is already inside Bud Walton arena. You think about some of those games this last year, Auburn, uh, Kentucky, the Tennessee game, even it was absolutely nuts. And I, I couldn't even imagine that going to another level uh, and some of those wins are because, well, I mean, the team's got to go out there and play, but the fans had an impact in those games. Sometimes you hear people say, if you're going to go win in Bud Walton Arena, you better be 10 points better than the Razorbacks or whatever. Well, in a lot of cases, that's true. Uh, and, and to be able to reward what they've done uh, by having an accomplishment like that, I mean, it would be incredible. It really would. And uh, you might just have to shut down every other form of social media because hog Twitter would completely take over. I mean, it would be relentless and amazing all at the same time. So uh, it, it, it's crazy. It's hard to fathom what that would be like, but there is a realistic possibility that at some point here under, under Eric Musselman, it could happen. I mean, that, that's where the program is at now. That's kind of the next step in the trajectory. Uh, and that in and of itself, it, it's really exciting to think about. Yeah. Cause I was just, you know, looking at it from the perspective of, you know, cause I, I feel like in college baseball if arkansas wins the college world series that'll be a very big deal and people will love it and go crazy for it but really outside though of the state of arkansas and outside of that college baseball bubble it'll last for like a day or two and sick i mean the, day, the state of arkansas will have it last the celebration for a while but it'll last like a day or two uh if that and and in football we know that's kind of like the king of like all sports that if you want it in football but basketball is something to where i'm like that's something everyone watches, you know, like not everyone watches the college world series. Let's just be honest. Like there's, there's a lot of people out there that don't give two rips about the college world series, but college basketball, the NCAA tournament, everyone watches it. Everyone puts out a bracket. And I feel like, and I'm sure people felt the same way in 94, that would be such a, like a stamp of like the state of Arkansas has arrived, you know, like as in a way of everybody had their eyes on Arkansas. They saw Arkansas accomplish something great. And now they're going to remember Arkansas for that. It would be such a sense of pride, I think, for for Razorback fans in general, just to have for so long and hold on to. Because I mean, you know how much people hold on to that 1994 national championship. I mean, they, people people can't even name four players on the roster this past year, but they could name every player on that roster down to John Inskov as the walk on. Like they could they could do that. So that was just like something that I thought about. Just the 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 matter of the height of excitement and pride that the state of Arkansas would have in that situation because I'm not saying that Dave Van Horn can't get it done because I still think he'll get it done one day, but you're talking about this upcoming season, it being, again, assuming Jalen Williams comes back, 
a, a legitimate reality to where, yeah, Arkansas could win a national championship and at least make it to the final four in Houston. I think that's where Razorback fans just kind of, you know, start thinking about what if, you know, what if that happens? And, uh, you know, the fan base, I think, would just go crazy for it as well. It'd just be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It really would. And that's kind of one of the things that Muss has talked about with recruiting even. Uh, you know, as they've had the success that they've had in the, the last couple of lead eight runs is that all of a sudden, and hey, credit to him for what he's done with the social media campaign, the marketing and everything like that. But Arkansas is starting to trend as kind of that cool place to be. And, and more people are paying attention, not just in the state, in the region, uh, but nationwide. And so, yeah, I mean, to win a national championship would take that to the ultimate level. And, and you're 100 percent right just about that sense of pride. Uh, Razorback fans feel it anyway and you know we talked about how they're just starved for that kind of success and uh, you know I, I want it for them and I, I, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to have a guy like Eric Musselman uh, who's just as engaged as he is you don't find that with a lot of coaches I mean he's very unique in, in that standpoint uh, for him to be the one to do it I think would just be the perfect combination of, of him the fan base and just the overall situation so uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it would be absolutely incredible and, uh, we'll see. I mean, they've, they've played their way into those conversations the last couple of years and Hey, you know, if they, if they get it done in 23, awesome. Chances are they're going to be really good again the next year, the next year, because that's kind of the culture that there is in place now with Razorback basketball. And the best thing is we get to be there for it in person. Yes. Yeah. So, so we'll be able, we'll be able to actually see it go down too. So yeah, because I know people would probably be like worried about Musk. Like, all right, well, he won his national championship in college basketball, so now he's going to leave. You know, he's going to go back to the NBA or something like that. Which I think that that would be the biggest question probably people would have. It'd be like, you know, th is that kind of the one thing Musk wants to accomplish and then move on to the next thing, or is it something he wants to sustain for the long haul? Because as you know better than anybody. Must is a wild card. I have no idea what goes through that guy's <laughs> mind. So, I mean, I could totally see him winning a national championship and peacing out and go and be the Lakers' next head coach, or I could totally see him staying here and saying, hey, I want to keep winning these because these are really fun to have. Like, I I, I don't know what would happen with Muss if he did that. Yeah, 100%. There's no telling. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate goal, right? So once you achieve that, you're right. I mean, you've got one or two options, really. You either uh, try to sustain it and build off of it and create kind of that dynasty or you go try to start from scratch somewhere and, and or you or you you talked about the NBA, go somewhere else and do something completely different. Or maybe he just goes back to, you know, to San Diego and, and surfs. I mean, he'd, he'd be set for life. So who knows? I, I guess my question would be, you know, would you would you sacrifice, you know, the end of the Muscleman era to get that one championship? Yeah. Love the guy, but I probably would. I would. <laughs> so. Like hundred percent would. And it's one of those things where obviously you wouldn't want him to leave, but it'd be like right. if you knew, hey, Muss is gonna leave after this next season, but he's gonna deliver a national championship. I think Razorback fans would be like, Okay, you know, we, we, we'll we'll find a way, you know, we'll celebrate that because we'll find somebody else, you know, right? But uh, let, let's just hope that if he does win a national championship, though, he sticks around and wins many more and makes Arkansas into that program that uh, they know that they're capable of doing. So, But either way, it's just fun to be able to talk about here in the middle of May on May 18th about uh, Razorback basketball and national championship aspirations without looking having people looking at us like we're crazy. So it's, uh, it's awesome. But Curtis Wilkerson, hogsports.com. 
Always appreciate it, man. Great stuff talking basketball with you. And you do a great job of covering all things Razorback basketball. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you uh, back on whenever Jalen Williams makes his decision, hopefully here in the next few weeks. All right. Absolutely. Always a good time. Happy to join.